welcome to the Seeing Deep podcast, where we see deep in a shallow world by exploring our surrounding culture through a biblical lens. It is so hard to believe that December is here. I've been in a time warp of sorts recovering from COVID, and this is my first time recording for one of my podcast episodes, and what a fitting beginning. On today's show, we will talk about the importance of prayer in the month leading up to Christmas, and we all need prayer desperately each year at Christmas to stay centered on the right things, and that is so true this year. My guest today is Jennifer Elwood, a Seeing Deep intern and author of the new book, Counting Up to Christmas, 24 Gifts from the Gospel of Luke. For the past 10 years, she has read the book of Luke a chapter a day through the month of December. In celebration of a decade of this practice, she wrote a devotional to share with others her love of reading Luke at the end of each year. She desires to help readers celebrate the birth of Jesus differently this year by unwrapping Scripture gifts one shiny, beautifully wrapped Bible verse at a time. I love that. So, Jenny resides in Yakima, Washington. She's a lover of Jesus, wife of Tom, mom of three, and bonus mom and grandma of many. She enjoys opening God's Word each morning in a cozy chair with a rich cup of coffee. Welcome to the show, Jenny. Thank you, Denise. I am so glad to be here. Well, I am thrilled just to be talking to you because I've missed my ministry team as yeah. I've been like just over here trying to breathe. <laughs> you know, it's like the minor Absolutely. things in life. <laughs> Absolutely. I know. We have missed you a lot, too. So I've got my coffee here, and I am ready to go. So the scripture for this episode is taken from Luke 1, verse 10. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. Wow, Jenny, you did it. Your first book is published. What an exciting moment for you. And I just believe God is going to use your book to help people maybe start a new tradition of reading Luke through the month of December. What prompted you to write this book? It's funny because, you know, sometimes some of the best things that you do come out of accidents, right? (laughs) Yes. I began the process of this book, the year that I forgot to begin Luke on time. So, (laughs) you know, it wasn't that I wasn't in the word because I was actually leading my church in an online Advent study that year. I got to the point of about December 10th and I realized how tough it would be to actually fit it in with all the other things that I was doing. And at the end of the month, I feel like the Holy Spirit used my little mistake to like nudge me. And that book idea that I'd prayed about for years, and I felt like it should be a Christmas Bible study. So I asked the Lord when I should begin, and it seemed like the coming summer would be full of Christmas music. Wow, that's awesome. And you know what, too? We like to plan things perfectly out, don't we? (laughs) So tell me a little bit more about this process. The day after Christmas... I sat down and read Luke in one sitting and realized that, you know, this was something that I really need to, to share with people. Um, so I got to June and I don't know, literally like three weeks before school ended for my kids, we decided to go to Disney world and we live in Washington state. So we knew California Disneyland really well, did not know Disney World at all. And it's so big. And so, you know, this happiest place on earth actually ended up being (laughs) kind of stressful 
because we're trying to entertain a 13-year-old boy, a 7-year-old girl, and a 3-year-old on her second week of potty training. <laughs> and <laughs> when we got ready to go, I, I, in my mind, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to start reading Luke when I get back. But God had something else in mind. And when we were there, the kids were whining at me because I'd made a schedule and got the fast passes and all that stuff. And the kids were like, we don't want to do what you planned. We want to go to the other water park, mom. And I was like, fine, fine. We'll just do that then, whatever. And I mean, what am, what am I whining about? Like, oh, go to an amusement park or go to a water park. Like, what was I even fussing about? But I think I was a little just tired. So we walk into the water park and there is Christmas music playing all day long. And I thought, okay, so God was like, he just showed up and decided to give me Christmas music in June. And so that evening when I tucked into bed, I opened Luke 1 and I started reading Luke 1 every day. And by Christmas in July, which happens to be my anniversary as well, I heard Christmas music again in a medical office, and that night I started writing chapter one. That's so awesome. I, you know, I love how God just, you know, when he speaks something to us, he confirms it in ways that are unique just to us. And that's part of that incredible relationship that we get to have with him. Sure. So I notice in each chapter, you have several components to help guide readers of your book to open a gift of scripture. And I just love that. Each day opens with a full color image and with a worship song. What prompted you to include these things? So, you know, I can't think of Jesus in black and white anymore. Not since I visited Israel. Um, when I went there the first time in 2015 with Proverbs 31 Ministries, and then again in 2018 with a friend, we planned and we planned our own itinerary for that time around. The Bible came alive in full color with sights, smells, tastes, the feeling of different objects. I mean, all five of my senses are now ignited every time I open God's Word. So I want others to experience that, even if they've never been there before. So if you decide to read my book. And listen to the worship suggestions and download the recipe book from my website and use it. You will engage all five senses as you count up to Christmas. Awesome. I love that. And that's so fun for all ages then, you know, because kids really need sometimes different ways to learn. And I would say adults do too. We get so like age-affected attention deficit disorder or something like that. And so I think it's awesome that you're including so many different ways to engage with scripture. Absolutely. And, you know, for the images in the book, I originally planned to have a picture of Israel to start off each day so people could have an idea of the original setting as the story of Jesus unfolds in front of them. But as I got better at writing and only addressed one gift in each chapter, I realized that I didn't have the perfect picture from my own collection of photos. And I started looking at other images online, but, you know, everything comes with a price. So I started thinking outside the box of how I was going to have a beautiful, inviting image for each day. The first day opens the gift of prayer. And originally, I wanted to show the Western Wall, which is the closest spot the Jewish people can pray currently at the Temple Mount. Um, and on Yom Kippur, it's always packed with people. And I felt like that gave a great image about this multitude of people that were praying the day that Zechariah went in to light the incense and met with an angel. Um, but, you know, I didn't want to pay anybody for the use of a picture. And so 
I had actually planned to take more pictures to fill in a few chapters this last summer when we planned a trip to Israel for our family, but then it was canceled. Oh, I bet that was disappointing. Oh, absolutely. Um, But, you know, a a mentor of mine suggested taking pictures inspired by the art that I didn't want to purchase. And then my cousin Angie, who guided all of my image choices in the book and the recipe book as well, suggested using my daughter to demonstrate prayer. So I decided to use the cobblestone entry path to her house and prepared my daughter Ella for taking this picture. And, you know, she was only four years old at this particular time. We were headed to um, her cousin's uh, birthday party that was a pool party. So you can imagine how much she resisted taking that picture. And I have some pretty hilarious uh, images of her looking so grumpy. Um, But when I asked her to pretend that Jesus was standing right there listening to her prayer, the look of serenity on her face was finally captured. And she ran to the pool as soon as it was done. Uh, But once I had the picture, I realized how much more powerful it would be to demonstrate prayer through the image of one person instead of a giant crowd. And it's so much more personal this way. And my daughter will remember this forever. So, I mean, if you head to my website, www.jenniferelwood.com, you can find the image I'm talking about through guest posts in the media tab. So back to the first chapter of Luke, it contains a lot of details. How did you decide to open the gift of prayer? Well, that's interesting because Luke 1 is extremely dense and there's so much that happens. Um, But as I read Luke 1 over and over again, Luke 1.10 sparked a lot of questions. And the verses, and the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. So outside the walls of the temple, Zechariah prepared to light the incense, an event specifically planned by God. A multitude of people were praying. And I spent time studying what the hour of incense was, how Zechariah was chosen for this task, and reasons why so many people were present that day. And as I studied this, I started to contemplate the prayers of the people gathered that day. They'd been under harsh Roman rule for a long time. They hadn't heard a single prophetic word for about 400 years, and they were desperate for a Messiah to come. 400 years is a long time. (laughs) You know, I think about that sometimes. You know, we try to relate, and I appreciate that you just shared that, to the circumstances of the people that we're reading about. You know, uh, it helps us to better apply it to our lives. So these people were gathered and praying in a massive crowd. Prayer was very important back then. Do you think we put as much emphasis on prayer in our culture today? No, but we should. As I studied prayer in this context, I realized how much we need to emphasize prayer in our lives. It's a gift from the Lord that we should be opening every single day. And aren't we feeling desperate for our Messiah, Jesus, to return? This year has been no joke, and I find myself longing for heaven more than ever. Prayer is our direct connection to the Lord, available to use at any time of day, and serves to strengthen our relationship to God. And as I considered how to open this gift in the book, I realized that also in this chapter, we have an example of powerful prayer. Mary's Magnificat is a beautiful prayer and the perfect model to set the tone for the month of December. In the first devotional of the book, my prayer is modeled after hers. And after that, I recommend taking some time in what I'm calling Christmas quietude for a few minutes to write your own prayer for the month. I love that. Can you read your prayer for us? 
Sure. Um, I'll read Mary's prayer from Luke 1, 46 through 55 first, and then I'll read mine. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He scattered those who are proud with their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. <sighs> so good. And so here is my um, humble offering <laughs> that mirrors her prayer from my life. My soul sings praise to the Lord. I rejoice in you, Jesus. I am fortunate that you look on my mess and have kind thoughts of me. I am grateful that you, Lord, are holy and mighty. You are merciful to every person who ever lived. You are mighty and strong, and your justice is perfect. Thank you for giving me a heart for the church and for the land and people of Israel. I worship you, and I'm grateful that you are helpful and wise. Thank you for sending your son so that all who believe will live with you forever. Amen. Such beautiful prayer, friend. And I, I think back at the prayers that we see in scripture, because especially as you just shared beforehand, understanding what was going on helps us to understand that prayer with so much more depth. Can you let people know where they can find your book? Sure. Um, my website, www.jenniferelwa.com, will take you to the Amazon link to purchase the book. It will also send you to the freebies, which includes a Spotify playlist and a free journal PDF if you chose to um, purchase the Kindle version. Um, and if you subscribe to the blog, you'll receive the recipe book that I created that includes all of the recipes of foods I mentioned in the book, as well as some other family favorites and traditions. I also have a gift shop in there with True Peace merchandise, like ornaments, shirts, and yes, even masks. Because everyone needs a new Jesus-themed mask for Christmas this year, right? Um, my fellow intern, Tabitha, created the graphic, and it is just simple and beautiful. Um, there are also links to groups in Facebook and Instagram where you can engage with other people who are reading through Luke this year, too. Awesome. And if you guys are listening to this episode and maybe you're saying, hey, it's not December 1st or after that, it's too late to get the book this year, it's not too late. Any time that you can get into God's word. And hey, Jenny said even one year, she was after the first. I think she was on the 10th of December. So you guys are good. So thank you so much, Jenny, for being on the show. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This Christmas, we're going to be talking about how to celebrate Christmas when life is hard. You know, a lot of times around the holidays, people can be quite discouraged and sometimes feel shame for feeling that way. But there's a way that we can encounter Christ even in those places. And we're going to be talking about that here on the Seeing Deep podcast. You've been listening to the Seeing Deep podcast where we dive into the Word of God for the answers to life's problems.